Either the second step, once you've got your idea of what's a reasonable expectation, is to actually confirm with the other person that that is reasonable. So you have to communicate it. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. This is the show for and about firefighters. We're informing and entertaining members of the fire service just like you, from coast to coast. Today we're going to talk about team building from a different point of view. How do you get your co-workers to live up to your expectations? Let's say you have big plans to build a team in your firehouse. You know, the best motivated group of firefighters around. But they're not all that motivated. What can you do? Leanne Davy is back again to give us some ideas. She's a New York Times best-selling author, a keynote speaker, holds a PhD, and she's an expert in organizational psychology. And Leanne joins us now to tell us about how we can get our coworkers to live up to our expectations. Thanks for being on Code 3 again, Leanne. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be back. Thanks, Scott. So is it all right to have expectations of our coworkers? I mean, other than basic courtesy, what can we realistically expect? Yeah, I think that's such an important question. And expectations form so much of our reality at work. So when we have really low expectations, then we tend not to be disappointed, but We don't get much from our colleagues, but when our expectations are too high, all we're doing is setting them up to disappoint us. So I believe we can and we should have expectations of our teammates. I think they should be focused on what we're there to achieve, what we're there to do together. Um, And as long as you keep them reasonable, and we can talk more about the things you can do to, to set your teammates up to meet your expectations, but having expectations of your teammates, I think it's a good thing. How do we go about having the expectations met? Yeah, so the the first thing is to understand where on that continuum I was mentioning you sit. So uh, I met somebody uh, not that long ago, and, and she quoted to me the Alexander Pope quote, that blessed is he who expects nothing for he shall never be disappointed. And uh, so she's, what, yeah, and, and the, the interesting thing was I had to admit, well, you know, okay, I think, that, I think it's true, but uh, you'll never be disappointed, but then you're kind of going it alone in life, just having to be self-sufficient on everything. And if you think about your listeners, you know, Firehall is a great example of an extremely team-oriented work. Um, you count on one another for your, your safety, your life or death uh, at the um, you know, most severe, but, but also you're spending a ton of time together. And you know, who washes the dishes and who doesn't is important as well. So having no expectations is not going to work in your context. But on the other end of the spectrum, 
making sure that you don't have such high expectations that you're kind of holding out for a hero and no one could ever meet them. So the first thing is to set reasonable expectations. Um, You have to think about the context. What's going on for that person? What are the other responsibilities that they have? Who else are they serving? How do different people have different needs and different skills? And so the, the very first thing about getting your expectations met is making sure those are reasonable expectations in the first place. What defines reasonable versus unreasonable? Well, I think that's something you have to actually negotiate with people. So you know, the second step, once you've got your idea of what's a reasonable expectation, is to actually confirm with the other person that that is reasonable. So you have to communicate it. I talk about um, uh, this idea of communicating expectations. I talk about it as the Valentine's Day effect. And some of the gentlemen listening will relate to this. Um, uh, You know, many of the people I know Many of my girlfriends have these expectations for what the perfect Valentine's Day would look like. Grand illusions of what a magical Valentine's Day and and how our partners would show us their undying love and affection. Unfortunately, we never tell them. (laughs) We, We keep these ideas inside our head and simply wait for them to disappoint us on February 14th. That's a really bad strategy. I think a lot of the women to whom you refer would say, yeah, but he should know what I want. Doesn't that sort of apply in this case as well? Yes. Well, as humans, we don't yet have ESP. We aren't mind readers. And and, and plus, I think you can fold your arms and and decide that they should know and continue to be uh, let down. Or you can say, try a different strategy because that strategy is not working and instead communicate what you're expecting. So it's really important to let people know, here's what I expect. Here's what good looks like for me. Um, you know, and, and communication is a common, um, a common thing that gets in the way with team workers. So, you know, I expect that, If something happens when I'm not on shift, that the next time I'm in, I'm going to hear the update. That's an expectation. And that allows the person to say, well, actually, you know, trying to keep up with every shift and every different person, it's inefficient. I would actually like the expectation to be that once a week we have, you know, information communicated um, through some kind of an email. And that's a chance for you to say, here's what I was thinking. Here's what reasonable looks like for me. How does that relate to what you were thinking? And can we actually, and that's the next step, right, is to modify your expectations based on uh, all the other demands and on what might be realistic for the other person. I'll be back with more right after this. On any given day, you are tasked to be your best and power through the worst of times all at a moment's notice. We know the sacrifices you make each and every day. Your success relies on superior equipment and the best training available. That's why Federal Resources is here to support you, the everyday hero. We are here so you can excel. Discover your success at federalresources.com. Okay, so we have reasonable expectations, and they're communicated clearly. 
What happens when they're not met? So can I back up a little bit? Because I think that's exactly how most people do it, is they communicate their expectations and then they just, they wait. They wait for something to magically appear when they expected it to. And that's another great way to, to set yourself up to be disappointed. So if you want your expectations met, check in occasionally. <laughs> See, you know, how's it going? Is the per- Did the person even interpret and understand what you were looking for? Maybe they've set off to work and they're working on the wrong thing or thinking about it in a way that was different than what you needed. So check in. How's it going? What else has come up for you? Um, are you on track? Is it going to be on time? So if you check in, then you have the chance to actually modify your expectations before things go off the rails. If you just wait till you were expecting it to be done and perfect, then, well, then there's a, a good chance you're going to be disappointed. So before you even get to the point of someone not meeting your expectations, check in. Have some milestones, see how it's going. How common is it for people to set expectations that are just too high? I think it's I think it's really, really common. And I think the biggest source of that is that we're very self-centered as humans. So we're just thinking about what we need. And we don't think enough about you know, for example, there may be some workload you have, you know, there's some reporting you have to do, and, and there's so much of it, and you're thinking of the pressures of doing it. And so you just look at someone else and say, I need this piece from you. And you're thinking so much about your own workload and your own expectations that you're not thinking about or considering all that they have on their plates. So it's not always just that our expectations are too high. It's more that they're out of context, they're too focused on our reality, and we don't empathize enough with where our priorities fit within somebody else's priorities. What you're saying then is it's important to take into consideration the workload of the people that you're expecting to do certain tasks. Is this a case of I wouldn't ask you to do something that I wouldn't do myself? So in... in The workplace, we often ask people to do things that we wouldn't do because we're not as good at it as they are, or it's not our role. I think it's more um, because when somebody asks me to do something, I might think that their expectation, uh, if you take it out of context, is perfectly reasonable. I get why you would expect me to do that. Um, Here's an example. So often the way I work is I work in full day sessions with clients. And so somebody else might send me an email at 10 o'clock in the morning and they might reasonably expect that I respond to that email within two or three hours. But what they don't realize is that I'm in a session with another client. Those sessions usually have lunch times where we're interacting and I don't have an opportunity to look at my email within the day. So it's, it's not necessarily that the expectation was unreasonable. It's just that it didn't have the context of what the other person's uh, world looks like. And that's where we really often uh, get into this situation where there's a big gap between what we were hoping and what we actually saw from our teammates. What advice do you have for a situation where the person involved simply cannot meet the expectations asked of him? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm actually going to answer this first from the person who is unable to meet the expectation. So if I know that uh, a teammate had an expectation of me and I can see it coming that I'm not going to be able to meet that expectation, um, I my first thought needs to be I don't want to surprise the person. So if it's two days before a deadline I know I'm not going to meet, it's really important for me to reach out and say, I really wanted to do that for you by Friday. It's not going to happen. Uh, I want to let you know what else was on my plate that meant it wasn't going to happen. And I want to give time for you to find a different answer. So either I'm going to help you find somebody else who can do it. Uh, I may not be able to do 100% of it, but if there was... 25% of it that was really important that I do, you know, which would it be give you the chance to give me some direction. But the most important thing is if you feel yourself about to not live up to an expectation, give the person a chance to um, have some input before you let them down. So that's the first piece. And then if somebody does fail to meet your expectations, it's really important to give them the feedback, give them the feedback about their behavior. So if somebody had agreed to get me something by Thursday so that I had a chance to do what I needed to do on Friday um, and they didn't get it to me, I could say I was expecting to receive this from you on Thursday. Uh, I didn't receive it until end of day Friday and that meant that I needed to work on it over the weekend. And that affected my time with my family or I already had plans for the weekend. Um, so it's really important that you give people feedback, not just um, the frustration. That's not very helpful, but to share with them what, how their behavior created an impact either for you or for somebody else on the team. Um, that's really, really, really important. So making sure you give that feedback when what you really want to do is roll your eyes and get mad and kick the garbage can, um, instead to say, no, I need you to know that this, I was really counting on this and it had a big impact that I didn't get it. And that sounds to me as though you're saying that we should wait to tell the person until we've calmed down. If it yeah, is, if it a, is a Friday point. thing, maybe wait until Monday to speak with them. Yeah, you know what, Scott? I think that's a really, really good point. Um, so I always say don't give feedback until you can give it as an ally instead of an adversary. And in that moment where you're really angry, you're going to say things to your teammate that are going to make them, well, they might hurt them, they might make them um hold a grudge against you, it's going to really erode your relationship instead of strengthening it. So, you know, just kind of find a spot to, you know, maybe go take a quick walk around the block, calm down a bit, and then um, come back to the feedback soon after. So don't wait too long. And, and certainly if an hour later you feel better, great, that's perfectly fine. Um, but try not to give feedback when you're in an emotional state because that will come across as judgmental and blaming, which is only going to make life harder for both of you in the future. All right, Dr. Leanne Davy, always fun to have you on board. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much, Scott. And there's more info and a link to her website so you can hire her or order her books on our website at code3podcast.com slash expectations. 
Check it out. Now it's time for your trivia question. All right, picture this. Upon opening an entry door of a structure to perform search and rescue operations, you notice smoke violently exiting the building as if it's under extreme pressure. What potential event does this indicate? I'll have the answer right after this. Now's your chance to get your hands on Code 3 t-shirts, sweatshirts, and more. Now's your chance to get your hands on Code 3 t-shirts, sweatshirts, and more. Show your support for the podcast that supports firefighters from coast to coast. Just go to Code3Podcast.com and click on the Code 3 store link. Or go to Code3Podcast.com slash shop and tell the world that you're a Code 3 fan. And those t-shirts are now available in full color. Okay, here's the trivia answer. I know you're dying to know the answer to this. If there's smoke leaving the building as if it's under extreme pressure, that's a sign of potential flashover. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll join me next time when I'm back with more. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, I'll see you later. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.